I know Bee's childhood was somewhat non-traditional. I don't want to do this anymore. You said it'll be fun, and it's not fun. You got to learn how to drive. I'm 10. But that hasn't stopped her from enjoying it. Well, everyone was busy worrying about my future. Bee, I'm still waiting on those college applications. Oh, I know. I was just trying to balance work, school, and caring for my parents. Is that why you never want me to come over? No. It's OK. Everyone's embarrassed by their parents. Hi. Come on in, man. Yeah, man, come on in. Come on into Court Killers. Welcome to Court Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, I'm Brian Brushwood. But more importantly, uh, uh, Bryce, Hi. the description says this is the child of two intellectually disabled parents, but... Boy, did they seem cool. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I, uh, yes. Interesting. You caught me flat-footed on that one. Happy birthday, Bryce. Thank you very much. Uh, so that was Charlie <laughs> for Good save. Thank you. Just to <laughs> make it less awkward. Wait, I meant more. Uh, that was a trailer for Hulu's upcoming film, Wildflower. And yes, it follows uh, B, the child of two intellectually disabled parents. Uh, it's it's a lot about her life uh, coming coming up through high school, trying to take care of her parents. And what do I do? How do I go to college? if I'm taking care of them. Uh, that is streaming this week on Hulu, June 23rd. Yeah, I guess mm -hmm. uh, I guess what I was really trying to hint at is, uh, uh, man, if this came out 20 years ago, I don't think there would, I, I would have been confused as to what the plot would have been. They would have I, leaned into stereotypes exactly. more heavily. That's, what, that's what I'm saying. A different yeah. music choice would have been used. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Well, folks, this is a podcast, and I've decided that because of that, I'm going to talk more like a podcaster now. Let's move on to our primary target. Come on in. Netflix held its to doom. That's just how they want us to pronounce it. I've given up. Uh, to doom event this weekend, meaning they announced a lot of stuff we won't have time to give proper attention to because there are too many announcements. More on that in a second. First, the announcements. Deep breath. <sighs> Brian, we got a trailer for One Piece, the live-action adaptation of the manga, coming August 31st. Looks gorgeous. It looks an awful lot like, uh, I don't know, like if our flag means death, but everybody was was slaughtered if they were the, under the age of, the, or over the age of 25, <laughs> right? There was an age limit. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a, a kiddie show. Um, uh, Bryce, any, any thoughts on this one? Uh, I'm not super familiar with One Piece. Um, and I'm only familiar with Netflix's adaptations, which have been... There you go. So spotty. Bryce has lowered his expectation. <laughs> uh, there was a trailer for the Gal Gadot action movie Heart of Stone coming August 11th. Looks gorgeous. Look, looks like there's a deep story waiting to be unfurled there. Gal Gadot. I mean, what's not the love? Uh, same, same thing on this one, Bryce. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of, yeah. You know what? Okay. This could just kind of seem like a another one of those big popcorn action mm -hmm. movies. But I, if you like that, it seems like Netflix is churning them out. Linda Hamilton, who played Sarah Connor in Terminator, will join the cast for season five of Stranger Things. Looks gorgeous. She's talented. <laughs> talented Hamilton actress. Looks, this is an incredible yeah. story. Look forward to see things unfurling. Yeah, no, that, it feels period appropriate. Bring in a little Linda Hamilton uh, love here. A uh, um, little, little bit like, uh, are, are they still in the 80s or are they moved into 1990 or so? Or, or you know what? I guess she was in Terminator. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Netflix released the behind the scenes look at Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Uh, if you recall, the scuttlebutt about this is that Zack Snyder may have wanted to do a Star Wars movie and then he uh, didn't get to do a Star Wars movie. So he made Rebel Moon for Netflix instead. And we'll get to see it December 22nd. Looks gorgeous. Like, seems like there's a lot to unfurl here. Is the, there's a running theme uh, here. Uh, brief teaser for Avatar The Last Airbender, live action movie coming next year. I believe that this will be a good show. Please, nobody say mean things about this. Please show. do not abuse me of that hope. <laughs> Puts Thank the you. gun down so he can continue <laughs> podcasting as normal. Yeah. Uh, plus, it was just like a teaser. You didn't really even get a look at the show. Uh, sizzle reel of K dramas coming to Netflix, uh, including Celebrity, DP Season 2, Mask Girl, A Time Called You, Song of the Bandits, Ballerina, Luna, 
Daily Dose of Sunshine, uh, Believer 2, Sweet Home 2, and uh, Gyeongsong Creature. And the big K-drama announcement was season two of Squid Game's cast. Uh, they announced a few new members, a few new players pushing the green button uh, in the casting video. And of course, the return of our, our hero from season one, Lee Jung-jae, uh, Gong Yoo who's uh, famous for Goblin. Uh, he was the guy playing the game in the subway station. Uh, he'll be back, as will uh, Lee Byung-hun, uh, who was the front man in season one. Can, can I ask a serious question before we get yeah, back to the Yeah, your bit? question um, is going to be, why did I spend more time on that one than the other ones? No, 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 no. It, it, oh, okay. uh, like, like you're ahead of the curve on this, Tom. Like You're the one... You're the reason that I know about K-dramas and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you feel about them essentially being pitched as a package deal to America like like are you excited or are you nervous in like like for example like let's say you loved an anime of a thing and there's going to be a live version of it are you nervous that that by promoting this it's gonna there's gonna be some backsplash or what no, I, I think it's smart. I mean, Netflix has become a place uh, right up there with Vicky and to some people even more important than Vicky uh, in as far as having K-dramas. I'm taking a Korean course right now. And one of the students when we were introducing ourselves was like, I'm way into K-dramas. Netflix is my friend. Uh, so I, I, I it just makes sense for them to be like, hey, uh, you like these? Here's a bunch of the new ones coming. So it's also a very popular format on YouTube to do these kind of an, uh, announcing like mashups of everything that's coming. Okay, keep going. Uh, Squid Game: The Challenge Reality Show arrives in November. Uh, this would be like a like 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 a game show based on yeah. the terrible. This is game the one show. that people said like folks almost got hurt doing this, and there was some controversy and all that, which may or may not have been PR for how dangerous it is. Even though it's not going to kill people. I mean, that seems fine. That's that seems about as innocent as uh, let's say uh, uh, Among Us, the TV show. Even given the thematics of the show and why those people are being put, the desperation and the kind of greed and the well, I, I the, keep keep in mind if if we want to follow the the tropes of murder mysteries, they go back you know what forty fifty years. Somebody gets murdered every single week, and yet Jessica Fletcher is able to figure it out. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, but Jessica Fletcher wasn't fighting against someone who wanted to make, who was just poking at poor people <laughs> the whole time. Uh, uh, there is some some big picture stuff like that. I mm. think you're right, but but also I I, I feel like if Squid Games is different for any biggest reason is for the visceral nature of the murders and the deaths that we see. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those overpromise uh, things where people are like, I'd love to see squid game in real life. And then Netflix is like, then we're going to do it. And people watch it and go like, well, I mean, wasn't really squid game, right? <laughs> You're like what? Nobody actually died. <laughs> <laughs> they are going to do red light, green light, apparently without, without the killing part of it. Uh, one assumes Uh hard right turn. Brian, were you pitching murder? She wrote as a future spoiler in time. Is that, I, 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 uh, you know what? As long as there are guest stars, again, if we follow <laughs> the rules that we're doing with Miami vice, I'm down for it. Fine. Uh, noted. Well noted. Uh, first teaser for the Netflix version of three body problem, the series, which is starting January 24th. Uh, yeah, I read the first book and a half of these. Uh, there are three books. I read uh, about half of all of them. Uh, Boy, was little of the book that I remember reading in this trailer. Oh, really? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Tom. Well, there's a lot of that historical stuff in the first half of the first book that I didn't. I noticed that that was not highlighted here either. Yeah. Uh, the well, uh, to be honest, anything I want to say will be a spoiler. We'll save it for after after talk. All right. Uh, trailer for the Archies, uh, which is a musical set in 1964 India. No date yet. So and it's like Archie, Archie. It's like Riverdale. They got yep. the gang there. It's Pop Archie. Tate's Diner. All, all of that. I, I kind of absolutely love this idea, but I don't know if it's for people who love Archie who want to see it re envisioned in another culture, or if it's like finally we're bringing Archie to India. Like, I, 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 it's not. It was not entirely clear to me from this particular trailer. Yeah, and maybe it doesn't need to be. Maybe this is this is meant for the Indian market, and the Indian market's going to be excited about it. And if you're not, that's fine. Netflix isn't going to mind. Uh, too hot to handle. Two 
the mobile game got its own trailer uh okay, okay. Uh, real quick uh what? this 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 game market um what it's it's as though they were listening to this program and they said all of those questions everyone had what if we just shone a spotlight on the questions and gave no answers whatsoever how do you do a mobile game isn't the whole thing of that show that you don't like have relations do you just hit a hit a no sex button on your phone every 10 minutes like i don't know man. well it's not you it's the players you have to keep the players from in, sure. in the game i don't know i don't know bryce i have uh, no idea that would yeah. make sense no, actually that would be cool if you were like the producer of a too hot to handle and you had to, like yeah. put together the scenarios but i'm sure that this is not that <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> yeah, yeah i have no idea uh, Money Heist spinoff, Money Heist colon Berlin coming in December. Oh my gosh, looks so beautiful. Just like it looks like there's a lot to unpack in all this. It could really go places. I, I I assume you're talking about Money Heist Berlin, not Chris Hemsworth's Extraction Three, which is also in the works. Uh, you know what? That too, gorgeous, gorgeous <laughs> cinematography. Looks incredible. Looks like there's an incredible universe waiting to be unpacked. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, Four-part miniseries set in World War II called All the Light We Cannot See. That comes November 2nd. Uh, there was a teaser for season five of You, season four of Emily in Paris, We'll Travel to Rome, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Fubar will get a second season, and there was another Witcher trailer. Um, there, there are a couple other pieces in here, but uh, that that's that's it. That's to doom. Uh, there, Netflix, you happy? Uh, let's talk about your strategy of having a festival to announce stuff. This works for big events like Comic-Con because those are special events. Works for companies like Samsung and Apple because they command your attention and give you a few things at a time. I don't think To Doom works because it's not special enough to warrant Comic-Con level attention and they haven't restricted it to a couple of shows or even four or five uh, but I don't know, Brian, maybe that's because I, I cover it. Uh, how did you come away from plowing through all these announcements? If you haven't picked up on my theme yet, it's that uh, Netflix, yes, you do a great, great job of getting incredible uh, uh, cinematographers and everything looks beautiful. And yes, you purchase worlds and ideas that could go for seven seasons in a movie and so on. Um, but as I went through trailer after trailer after trailer, which I definitely watched, uh, I eventually hit this point of like, I don't know how much I believe you anymore, Netflix, really any of you. I don't know how much I believe any of you. And I would rather see fewer pitches that I believe you're going to commit to for multiple seasons than invest myself in something that, that might just... I was going to ask you what you meant vanish. by believe. Because some of these are some of these are movies, but you're more about like, and and some of them are the third version of a movie. But you're, what you're saying is that looks great. I don't know if it's worth my time getting invested because will it complete the story? Is that where you're at? Yeah, and not only that, I I, I don't know if it the first iteration will be good and then it'll eventually become good or whatever. Am am, am I alone in this, Bryce? Like 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 no, I, I am I, highly skeptical. Like I no longer uh, trust high quality, extraordinary visually interesting pitches for anything. And and similarly, like Netflix takes those canceled shows and, and things that don't get finished and still promotes them to you. I still get promoted the OA, a show I really, really liked, which was canceled. I, I like it knows. I what, it knows was it you canceled in a way that left it in a cliffhanger or left it unresolved. Yes. It, it, yeah, okay. it was unresolved. That, I think that's the key, right? And and so I, I, I echo you on this, Brian, like, I go into Netflix and it reminds me even of things that I know are not finished or, or, you know, don't get to a good resolution and is still asking if I want to put my time in. So to also do this on something that's not even out yet or is maybe in mm, more of a disposable sort of caliber, uh, it, it does seem like a lot of harumph for um, a company that has like a 50% hit rate on these trailers. And, and Just play a devil's advocate here, though, for a second. You, you kind of put them in the position with this attitude of never announce anything. Because <sighs> you're saying like, uh, yeah, it was beautiful, compelling, looks great. I don't trust you're going to finish it, which then it's like, well, then they can't you, you they can't get past it. that except to announce like we are going to guarantee five seasons and an end of story for this. Well, uh, which I guess that would be the solution to it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's, that is a lot to ask up front. TV, uh, TV 
studios aren't doing that, right? Like even the two season orders that Apple and Netflix have been doing, you don't you don't even see a lot of other studios and, and platforms mimicking that. Well, so and, you, yeah. can't, you can't get more than two seasons ahead. And of it's time. a time honored history that most shows get canceled. Very few shows come to a satisfying conclusion. Only only the most successful shows in history have. Maybe maybe that's part of it because like uh, when somebody would. Uh, used to be in the before four time, like 1980s or whatever, if something was a fall premiere, you had the sensation that they were really going to push behind it. If something they were on the fence of, it would be a February premiere on, on broadcast television. Mm -hmm. um, in this case, like uh, Netflix's track record is, is pretty spotty. And I'm not going to say it has anything to do with the way they're introducing things now, but I will say that their track record is uh, of, of, of just like, you know, shrugging and cutting off the knees, uh, cutting things underneath the knees is bad enough that, that it makes me skeptical of everything. And I is, don't is know it if it's though, a Netflix it, thing wanna, or, I, or, or a streaming thing or what. I want to contend with that because you, you said like, ah, but fall premieres, 75% of fall premieres didn't make it through their first season. Correct. And even so, fewer of so, those, if they were a the, February premiere, would make it. Yeah, Netflix is not special in launching shows that get canceled. Yes. Why is it that the your perception, and I think you're not alone in this, uh, is that Netflix is less trustworthy when they're doing exactly the same thing as every other broadcast network, every other cable network, every other streaming platform does? Like, th this isn't a Netflix-specific thing. It is not a Netflix-specific thing. And, and you know what it makes me wonder? Like, for example, when NBC again, long ago, would spend like a full hour at seven o'clock on a Thursday night doing nothing but explaining how good the new shows are going to be. That conveyed that, oh, they're going to be good shows. We're not saying they're good shows, but they're going to stick around long enough for you to get into them. Um, and, and maybe the fact that Netflix is a fairly flat, even over-the-top network, and they're able to release like 25 trailers at once, it's harder to get a sense of which of them they're most mm. committed to. Also, Netflix in public has said, we're not committed to anything for anyone at any reason for any time. Uh, but they're it, committed to a season one of all of these. Yes. Uh, which is more than the broadcast networks were committed to in the fall season. Here, here's a difference. Here, I think there's an interesting difference here, though, between uh, the over-the-air over the real-time you know, grid schedule and a the library of stream whatever mm -hmm. you want wherever you want you know a one a one season you know a one season show that gets canceled on fox may not ever see the light of air uh, of day again back in the before times right unless it was in mm -hmm. syndication or being burnt in over the summer um but now um now these single seasons are still around their their faces are still out there they're still getting a b tested because even those canceled items still need to get people clicking on them mm -hmm. um it just feels like shouldn't this have been a, a shouldn't there have been a solution to that? It should feel like that that this problem of a good show, bad show, whatever gets canceled. It feels like there should be new something different but here with I, the tr I, I, streaming transition. Yeah, I feel like there's there's a there's a conflict here uh, in the sense that shows getting canceled isn't new. Uh, not all shows work. Netflix is probably more committed historically than other platforms because it does make entire seasons. A lot of shows. I, I imagine people don't remember, especially cable shows, but definitely broadcast shows would come out for three or four episodes and then get tanked if they weren't doing well in the ratings. Netflix doesn't do that. They put out the entire season. And yet, uh, if it's not getting them what they want, if it's not deemed a success, they're not going to keep making it. That makes sense. Then why continue to publicize it and recommend it the only reason you recommend it is like yeah but it gets people to watch if we recommend it so that that yeah bryce i think you're bringing up something really interesting there which is like okay so if it wasn't good enough to continue to make it why is it good enough to keep recommending hmm. well uh, uh let me throw this out there um uh, every bet that netflix places it's i i can imagine somebody inside of netflix saying press the go button on every single one of these because we paid money for them. If it does pretty good of the, let's say 10 new franchises that we launch, then they get a second season. But as we talked about last week with the, that mm -hmm. Vulture art article, 
there's, uh, if it gets to a third season, well, now it's getting expensive. So maybe we just wrap it up mm -hmm. right there. Um, I, 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 it's not a fault of the launch or the announcement of what we're about to encounter. It's, it's just a, a reflection of the erosion of trust that I have on Netflix at this point, because I do believe that they're going to give me one full season of all of these. And I do believe that the good ones will get a second season. Do I believe they'll get a third season? Do I believe they'll get a resolution to the overall arc of everything? That yeah. I, I don't, I, my, my trust is eroded. When you look, I often have compared streaming series to books. Like we are getting into the world where a streaming series is a book, which is Netflix's uh, practice of usually releasing all the episodes in a season at once is emblematic of that, right? We, we've gone from the Dickensian world where, you know, uh, Great Expectations is serialized in magazines and then assembled into a book uh, into, like, let's just give you the whole book at once. And we'll break it up into chapters for you, but you get the whole book at once. Except we're thinking the whole book is all five seasons or however many to tell the story. Uh, and Netflix is giving us sometimes only uh, two thirds of a book. I So I wonder if the solution here isn't seasons just need to be more self-contained and you only do cliffhanger endings on a season when you're sure you're giving it a second because giving second seasons now is, is, is happens a lot of times before the first season is done. Like you, you, you just need to commit to that the way you would with a book. Certainly sometimes books are part of a series and then they don't do well and you don't get the rest of the series, but those books are usually self-contained enough that they can still be worth reading on their own. I think, I think you're describing the exact right moves to make. However, as we've have been reporting for weeks and weeks and weeks now, uh, Netflix is running out of room to expand and they have shareholders and board members to please. And I don't see how to reconcile what you just described with but what, what they I just need described is certain, it, yeah, but what I just described is satisfactory to the stockholders of, of publishers. Why wouldn't it be satisfactory to the stockholders of Netflix? Because frankly, what's what's satisfactory to the stockholders should be this makes the company money. Uh, so yeah, maybe we spend money on fewer books, but we still make successful ones. One word: expectations. The expectations of shareholders and board members of Netflix are unreasonably high compared to those of publishers. Yeah, and but, uh, that, that's but not expectations fair, but, for profitability, right? Uh, uh, no, uh, expectations are not for being profitable. They're for being profitable to the level at which you expected when you bought the possibly inflated I guess what I'm saying price. is I'm not seeing how uh, the policy of not approving seasons is in conflict with that expectation frankly, doing things that make the audience more satisfactory and having the story and it doesn't have an impact on the profitability one way or another, except to maybe increase it because people are more satisfied. Uh, Cordkillers at gmail.com is a good so place you, for people to write and chime in on this. But but my, my well, take no, is- Well, no, I'm asking you, because I, I think I'm misunderstanding what you're saying, that's all. I mean, uh, yes, it, write into us if, if you want. I, I, I just wasn't sure. I, I felt like I was missing something because- changing the way the story is told doesn't impact profitability. Uh, what expense. I am suggesting is that um, we are now seeing the slow erosion of trust when it comes to announcements like these. These announcements quarter by quarter in the short term will always be effective to goose excitement and you know number of engagement with tweets and so on and people who click on the things. But in the long term, uh, it's it's habit, Netflix's habit of canceling things after two to three seasons and leaving us with unresolved stories is eroding the long-term story. So uh, every one of these announcements, every one of these releases will please the board. It will please the stockholders in the short term. But in the long term, more and more people, I suspect, are just, you know, becoming defensive the way I am with, with Netflix. And, and yeah. Uh, no, that, that will not okay. become apparent for much more than one quarter at a time. Yeah, th thanks for explaining that, because I think my recommendation can be implemented and continue to do the building of the high expectations. You could still do all the announcements and everything. Uh, yes, I, I do believe that Netflix can rehabilitate its reputation. But right now, its reputation is getting worse and worse and worse over time is what I'm saying. Well, 
You know what's not gotten worse over time, Brian? Uh, well, the quality of this show. However, our reputation, I'm told, is a little bit up in the air. What? What do you mean? Oh. Why is it up in the air? <laughs> okay, look, you're, you're going to pretend we didn't talk about this in After Talk? I proposed, and I'm sorry, maybe this is me. I proposed we convert this show entirely to a show about hot air balloons. And you didn't like that. You said, no, Brian, this is a show about watching the content that you love <laughs> on whatever device you want at whatever time uh -huh. you want. And I said, yeah, but what if we became a show about hot air balloons? And you said, no, Brian, we have a lot of people who go to patreon.com slash cord killers. They get their own RSS feed. They get exclusive access to our after talk segment. They get to hear us candidly speak to them. They are the ones who write us at cordkillers at gmail.com. They get early access to our spoiler in time segment. And I said, yeah, but what if we only talked about hot air balloons from now on, Tom? And you said, Brian, I'm sorry. We've been friends for years, but I'm going to draw a line right here. And I said, okay, I'm going to draw a circle right here. And I, because I thought we were playing tic-tac-toe. And you mm -hmm. said, Brian, we're not going to be a show about hot air balloons. Yeah. We're going to remain a show about watching the content you love and discovering it and processing it in this wild world. And I said, okay, fine. Then I guess everybody can go to cordkiller or uh, patreon.com. Oh, I almost landed it. Ah. Patreon.com slash cordkillers. Keep us live. You almost and landed it like a hot air balloon. So, <laughs> I, was, I, was so, I was so close. I you did got it. really, good. really close. Like oh, 90%. The humanity. Okay. <laughs> uh, also, uh, we got an email from Greg who was uh, surprised to learn that they had thought they had uh, been charged uh, to be a cord killers patron since late 2022, uh, but then found out that they weren't being charged. And then when they went to try to change it, uh, they had problems and asked if we could help. And all we can say is, uh, yes, go Greg, uh, <laughs> please keep trying because we don't have access to the back end of Patreon. So if you are like Greg and Greg, this goes for you, uh, of course, uh, you need to go to support.patreon.com, then tell us that you've done that so that we can say, hey, Greg is doing a thing over here. Patreon, can you help him out? Because they're the only ones who can figure that back end stuff out. Also, uh, by the way, Greg, you are not alone. We have so many people. Uh, we made the mistake in the very, very early days of saying, just pledge one penny. Turns out that was a big mistake for us to do. Did not like that. People like are that. trying to raise their pledges to a proper $1.35 per episode, which is the, the, the bare minimum you should be giving. Uh, and uh, boy, are they having trouble doing it. So uh, uh, support.patreon.com. Let's fix this for everybody. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, I actually thought you were saying we need hotter patrons, not hot air balloons. That's why I was so resistant. And I was like, our patrons are the best. Like, they, there's no way they could get hotter. So, yeah, it's just a misunderstanding on my part. Let's talk about how to watch. The Wall Street Journal sources say Netflix is in talks to live stream its first sporting event. They said it wouldn't happen. They said they couldn't do it. It's going to be golf played by Formula One race car drivers in Las Vegas. <laughs> let's let's back. Yeah, yeah, no, you heard me right. Let's just back up a second. Uh, Netflix has a couple of successful sports documentary series. Uh, one you've heard us talk about because Bryce is a big fan, Drive to Survive, yeah. about Formula One racing, follows uh, people through a season, kind of reality show style. Then there's also Full Swing, which follows pro golfers. Uh, Netflix also, separate point, trying out live events. We've covered that quite closely. Chris Rock's very successful streaming of a comedy show in Baltimore. The totally not successful streaming of the reunion episode of Love is Blind. Uh, and of course, Netflix is contracted to stream the SAG Awards. Uh, a lot of folks have speculated that Netflix might get into sports the way Apple TV, Peacock, and Amazon have. But live sports rights are insanely expensive. And Netflix has said it would want more control. If it's going to spend that much, the the scuttlebutt was that they looked into buying the World Surfing League so they could televise it, so they could control it. Uh, so instead, what it looks like they're doing is taking two sports that it has a relationship with and creating a new event as a very cautious way of dipping the toe into live sports. Uh, Bryce, a uh, spoiler alert: you're about to 
do the bulk of the heavy lifting on this one, but sure. let me just officially say this is the most brilliant idea that I could possibly imagine. Uh, outside of like, if you don't own, if you don't own another sport, at least own one sport and then have those people do the other sport. Uh, it, it's, it, this sounds perfect in every way. This, mm -hmm. by the way, full disclosure, I was hanging out with my parents for father's day and, uh, uh I ain't, I don't know nothing about the U S open, but I know when somebody hits a ball that gets either close or far away from a hole or goes in or does not go in. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed it very much. I don't, I didn't really care who the people were, but if I was invested in the F1 universe and I was watching the exact same thing, I suspect I would have enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I agree. I think there's a lot of really brilliant things at this. Uh, you can just do a golf tournament. You don't have to be a part of the PGA. Right. You don't have to be FIAs. You can just do it. You know, see all of the LIV PGA stuff going down. It, it, it could be us doing like a, a miniature golf over at Peter Pan here in Austin. And if, if we had enough production value and told enough stories, it could be electric. Yeah. Um, and, 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 I, I think it does. There's a there is a lot of synergy between the the full swing side, the the golf documentary that Netflix had just put out, between the F1 documentary. Um, even if Netflix never ever, ever ended up getting those rights, um, without really going go, getting into bed with either of those organizations, right? This doesn't need to be a PGA thing. It's just we're just golfing. Netflix is just golfing, and yeah. it's it's really it's. I think it's really clever. To not have to commit to a big season or or uh, multiple things at once. You also, it, it, play, it plays into another aspect of television, which is the the crossover event, right? Uh, for for people who are old like me, you know, it's the love boat docking at Fantasy Island. Uh, it, it could also be, you know. Uh, members of 30 Rock showing up on Parks and Rec uh, or something like that, but uh, or, or something even more modern and relevant. The point is, when you take two popular uh, franchises and combine them, you usually have a nice bloom of interest from those two fandoms interacting. Uh, you didn't need to make it live. They, this would be very successful and a great idea without making it live. So I think what Netflix is doing here is saying, we want to practice uh, our live chops, you know, it, it may fail and that's fine. They want to learn because this is a little bit low stakes. The way that reality show uh, Love is Blind was low stakes. Uh, it wasn't going to ruin Love is Blind uh, to do it live uh, or not do it live as the case may be. Oh, my God. Uh, same, also, same thing here. Same thing. This if, is a if chance it's not for live to learn. Yeah, if this doesn't live, they could just record it and do it yeah. like yeah. Well, and another exactly. great. This is a chance for them to to take a little bit of a risk uh, with little downside. Uh, and also if it goes well, then show off to the people you're trying to buy rights from like, Hey, look what we can do. Imagine if this was your sport. Well, and plus also golf is one of those awesome sports where, uh, like what does live even mean? Let's say two people get a hole in one at the same time. What are you, what are you going to uh, split screen it? No, you're going to show one person do a hole in one. You're going to hear on the ear set that somebody else got a hole in one. You're like, hold it, hold it, hold it. And now we go air quotes live to the other guy. Oh, another hole in one. Like, like uh, you got a little bit. It's, it's, it's not like basketball where everything is one game, right. totally live all at the same time. The, the, the live portion of golf, uh, as, as someone who doesn't follow golf. So if, if this is full of it, uh, cordkillers at gmail.com. But to me, the live portion of golf is knowing what's happening at the same time as everybody else who you're talking about golf with. That's really the only, the only part of it that needs to be, to, to be live. And in this uh, I, that, that might play out amongst the, the drive to survive in full swing crowd. Uh, but for the most part, uh, it, it probably isn't even that important here. So here's my question, Bryce is, mm. is your affection for F1 going to cause you to try on giving a care about this golf thing? I, yeah, I'd give it a shot. You know, I, I like a lot of F1 drivers. A lot of those guys like playing golf. It's what? kind of an easy watching thing. golf, by the way. A delight. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to know much. It's like, did it get close? Oh, it got very close, but didn't go in. Or it did go in. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, S. Kramer points out there's a small but decent audience for NFL players in golf and fishing events. So this makes sense. Yeah. Ooh, fishing. That's another, that's a good untapped market. I mean, if they that's get a in. a good one for Netflix. Why don't they do tennis? Why wouldn't they do yeah. tennis? They've got a tennis show. Pickleball. 
they tried the rumor is that they, mm -hmm. they they tried to get some tennis rights and they they couldn't they couldn't make the math work for themselves they kept mm -hmm. getting outbid yeah all right uh while we wait for that wonderful war-eyed world of sports to come to netflix let's move on to what to watch In one of the biggest reactions to the writer's strike uh, to at least impact your life, uh, Disney announced delays for Marvel, Star Wars, and Avatar movies, among a few others. Uh, Disney recently paused filming on Blade and Thunderbolts, which has led to this ripple effect calendar change. So let me just run through the changes here. Captain America Brave New World, no longer on May 3rd, 2024. That is now on July 26th, 2024. So shift in a couple of months. Thunderbolts has been delayed from that July slot all the way to the end of the year, December 20th, 2024. Blade, which is paused for the moment, has been pushed from September 2024 to February 14th, 2025. Blade, the perfect 2025 Valentine's Day movie. Fantastic Four is moving from Valentine's Day 2025 to May 2nd, 2025. And that pushes off Avengers The Kang Dynasty an entire year. So instead of May 2nd, 2025, they don't want to have it in a different month. That'll be May 1st, 2026. Avengers Secret Wars then also gets pushed by a year to May 7th, 2027. That's just Marvel. Uh, one, actually take that back. One more movie, Deadpool three moved up six months. So that must be close enough to ready that they're like, we can plug a gap. That will be May 3rd next year, May 3rd, 2024. All right. Uh, non-Marvel stuff, live action Moana got assigned a date. Didn't have a date before. So now it does June 27th, 2025. The new Alien from Ridley Scott will come August 16th, 2024. And the Star Wars movies that are none of them titled uh, got moved as well. So one got pushed from December 2025 to May 22nd, 2026. Another one is now scheduled for December 18th, 2026. And then another one is set for December 17th, 2027. So instead of 2025, 2026, and 2027, they now have Star Wars coming May 2026, December 2026, December 2027. And the third Avatar film has been moved a year to December 19th, 2025. The other two are now pushed out three years. Avatar 4 is now scheduled for December 21st, 2029. And the fifth, which I may or may not live long enough to see, is December 19th, 2029. 31. Granted, the Avatar push dates might have nothing to do with the writer's strike. That that notoriously is a thing for Avatar movies to keep getting delayed uh, as they try to make them to uh, Cameron's satisfaction. But these others are definitely directly related to the cascade effects of Blade and Thunderbolts pausing. If anything, I wouldn't be surprised if Avatar ended up coming out slightly ahead of schedule, specifically because they're notoriously written very, very far in advance. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think but they, they, they get delayed for Cameron being like, no, the tech isn't there yet. Give it six months. I want to get it perfect sort of stuff. So that's that's why I, I'm, I'm sort of skeptical that they'll come out early. But hey, you never know. Well, uh, I could picture a situation. Uh, I've, I've already gone on the record by predicting that uh, the WGA strike is going to be the longest in all of history, that the populace is more trained to find other things than the traditional outputs and all that stuff. Um, uh, and if that's the case, I could picture, and I know that James Cameron doesn't sacrifice quality for, for uh, schedules, but... I could imagine him getting a little bit motivated to hustle up and get things out if there was nothing else on the calendar for yeah, many if, distributors. Yeah, if this calendar got changed again, exactly. for, for, for example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Silo will wrap up on Apple TV June 30th. We're covering it on Spoiler in Time if you're, if you're listening there. But Apple has already approved a second season. So we know we're getting season two of Silo. We will not be left hanging there. We will discuss Silo in Spoiler in Time. But are you without being spoilery pleased that it will be getting a second season very very much so i'm curious to find out if you two are as well i am pleased that it is getting a second season bryce I, do you wish to weigh in bryce yeah you seem I, quiet over there <laughs> no i uh yeah i'm down for it i guess i would my, concrete me up 
cement me up. <laughs> right. uh, uh, make uh, throw on a gray filter. It's make great. everything sad. That's right. Let's go set the tone next season. Steampunk this stuff up. Give me a CRT. Let's go. Uh, the well, one of the reasons I was so curious uh, is because. Uh, there's another show that's been getting a lot of buzz called The Idol. Uh, this is a show about a pop star gone bad. Uh, it stars The Weeknd and Johnny Depp's daughter, Lily Rose Depp. Uh, a lot of people have opinions about this new series, and most of them are not good. Uh, so much so that folks began spreading the rumor that HBO was not going to renew the series, uh, which is kind of unusual. HBO generally has these prestige shows. The Idol took the succession slot uh, around for several years. HBO tweeted in response, and I'll quote, it is being misreported that a decision on a second season of The Idol has been determined. It has not. And we look forward to sharing the next episode with you Sunday night. Uh, that is a very non-denial denial to say like, you're saying we've made the decision not to bring it back next season. We haven't made that decision yet. Hey, another episode. Watch that. Uh, and then page six quoted a source saying, the door is definitely still open. It's definitely not a decision. At this point, this is normal in our process. We're only two episodes in. In other words, saying uh, not it won't come back, but like, well, if it wasn't going to come back, we wouldn't know yet anyway. I, I have not watched the show. Have either of you guys? I have watched a YouTube clip of Jenny Kim's portion of it. Bryce? I haven't seen it. It's being recommended to me a lot, but I haven't watched it. Have, uh, yeah. And, uh, is any of us interested in watching this show? Because right. not after what I heard. Uh, it sounds like Euphoria for adults, which doesn't. It was supposed to be Euphoria for adults. Yeah. And I think it is trying to be Euphoria for adults. <laughs> Also, I, I thought Euphoria was Euphoria for adults. I thought it was supposed to be oh, no, everything adults are afraid their teenagers. children are doing. Right, yeah. No, but but Idol is grown-ups. It's not teens. That, that's yeah. what Bryce is saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that... The story involves adults, not teens. And The weekend, <sighs> Who's apparently, his acting has come under criticism. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Remember but how strong he was in The other thing about this, by the way, the other thing I heard is that uh, they had shot the entire season, then the director left, or the showrunner left, and so the the creator, who's the same creator of Euphoria, stepped in and reshot everything at the weekend's house. Ooh, that's not logistically good. None of that sounds good. <laughs> that's usually what you do when 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 you know you're going to do it even better the second time. <laughs> that's right. You know what? <laughs> Where's my cement? Yeah, just throw hey, cement Tom, it. what have you had your eyes on? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked, Brian. Uh, I The Black Mirror. The Black Mirror is back on the Netflix. Uh, and we watched the first two episodes of season six of Black Mirror uh, this weekend. First episode is the one that everybody's saying is the best episode. Uh, that is uh, Joan is Awful, uh, starring Annie Murphy and Selma Hayek. Uh, it's great. Uh, it's a fantastic episode. It is all the best things of Black Mirror, but for the modern age. Uh, so taking things that are possible with technology now and then projecting them to say, what if they had their worst effects? What if they were taken to an extreme? Uh, so this one involves things like deep fakes and AI uh, and streaming video. Uh, uh, famously in the trailer for this episode, they show Streamberry, the service with oh, the Netflix fun. to doom. Like they use the actual Netflix to doom sound uh, in there. That's a great episode. Uh, the second episode I watched was really just a murder mystery. Um, it's a really good murder mystery. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. But at the end I was like, well, this didn't feel like black mirror. This just felt like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, not even like the outer limits or twilight zone. Uh, it was just kind of a, you know, like, ooh, cool, cool murder mystery. Well, maybe True Detective. Maybe it was more like True Detective than it was Black Mirror to me. Oh, mm. season one or season two? <laughs> uh, season one. <laughs> okay, good. So it was a good episode. I, okay, I didn't good. dislike it. Yeah. Um, so uh, can, can, can we play the game where it's like, uh, you know, I have a 15-year-old daughter who is more comfortable with adult stuff and a 19-year-old daughter who, you know, sometimes get annoyed with that stuff. Um, uh, 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 can we play a game where you tell me which of the episodes I should share with the, the two of them? I don't know if your older daughter would like 
either of them. Uh, I don't know. My older daughter did just finish season one of American Vandal and enjoyed it a lot. Apparently, the first year of college really changed her. I feel like the the younger daughter is going to dig the first one a, a, a bit uh, and probably like the second one. Yeah. Although now that I'm but saying there's it, a lot of really adult stuff in both of them. Okay. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll discuss it in after talk. What about you, Brian? What have you been watching? Uh, speaking of, uh, uh my daughters, uh, <laughs> we, we ended up revisiting. I can't believe it. Has it been four years since invincible has come out? How long has it been? Two years. Only two years. Yeah. Feels like a billion years. Uh, 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 we, we tried to, my 15 year old and I tried to get my 19 year old into invincible and she just, it didn't take, but meanwhile, me and Josie are watching invincible again. It's so good. It plays with so many superhero archetypes. It's great. It's great. I, it's good. Good. So it holds up, which is not always true. You know, some stuff, uh, even it a couple is, years it later, is a more a, crowded space now, given the fact yeah. that they're, you know, we've seen more of the boys and we've seen more of other riffing on classic, uh, you know, was, as we record this, the flash is bringing back everyone who's ever been a superhero in anything or whatever, but, 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 but invincible in and of itself is, is quite good. Flash really disappointing in the box office too. Yeah. Yeah. And it got good reviews. It seems like that's the kiss of death. You don't want good reviews these days. You want bad reviews because then people will rally behind you and go watch you. Well, I have an idea of who I'm going to give a bad review to. Whatever Bryce picks. Ah, for uh, on the lookout. For on the lookout. Uh, hey, uh, well, uh, time got a little ahead of me. The, the new season of Black Mirror is out. Uh, they've got five new films. I saw one of the trailers called these five films. Uh, and well, the the second the third episode's like an hour and twenty, which is one of the reasons we didn't watch it last wait, night. When do you get to the last episode? Uh, oh well, <laughs> uh, I'll say that the, I think that this season of Black Mirror is pretty good. Uh, it also feels a lot like the last couple of uh, the Netflix Black Mirrors, which are a little less about the technology and a little less about the future. This season especially is a lot about the past and the present. You know, the the Jonah's awful episode is is high tech, but is probably not very far off from today. That second episode, you could probably do whenever, except for the ending of it, which is pretty today. But a, the, a lot of them are are set in the 90s, the aughts, the, the last episode. So the last episode is a weird one because they call it Black Mirror Presents Red Mirror, which is how, okay. which is how they classify it because they wrote a horror story uh and, oh the blood is the and, red and charlie brooker okay. was like well maybe it's a black mirror maybe it's not so it's not really there's not really tech at all in it but it has but it does feel like black mirror in terms of how that story unfolds i i uh i don't know we've we've been down the road of like oh where's all the tech in black mirror but i don't know at this point there have been enough that they've been doing enough seasons Netflix seasons where you start to say, well, maybe what Black Mirror is, is changed. Yeah. Um, Black and, Mirror and, originally referred to the turned off phone, right? So the, 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 the black screen of a phone, but I don't think it does anymore. Now it's just, it's just a dark mirror on humanity. It's, it's basically um, today's uh, Twilight Zone, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like simple narratives with a twist or something or, mm -hmm. or in, in, man, I, I, I can't believe how much I enjoyed it. The, um, uh, uh, the Miley Cyrus one was straight up a weird, wacky a adventure movie. movie. You yeah. know, it was, it was adorable for yeah. what it was. Yeah. Um, also horrific, but adorable, you know, little, little a, little b. Uh, so yeah, so that's black mirror. That new season is out now. There are five of these kind of longer episodes. And I'd say, you know, if you're a, if you're a black mirror aficionado, um, probably go in expecting it'll be more like the recent seasons and a little less tech, a little not dystopia immediately. A know? little less, uh, a little less prime minister, a little more, uh, uh a little less adventure. conversation. Yeah. A little <laughs> more action. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, so that is uh, uh black mirror. There are six seasons of this anthology streaming on Netflix. You can watch it in any order. Um, they're not terribly connected. If you got something we should be on the lookout for, please email it to us, cordkillers at gmail.com. Thank you. Yes, and for your email, uh, get a computer at Doghouse Systems. How do they do that, Brian? Uh, well, what they do is they assemble computers for you, and then, ah, here's the trick. 
They offer unparalleled customer service. No matter what your problem is, they're going to take care of you. They burn all of your systems in for 48 hours ahead of time. You get overclock systems. You get top-of-the-line components. We trust our friends over at Doghouse Systems, and you should, too. Head on over to doghousesystems.com slash rogue, R-O-G-U-E. Spell it and right. Then when you do that, um, if you are someone who would like to hear me and Molly Wood podcast more, Ooh, we have what? We, have, we have an offer for you, Brian. Wait, 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 wait hold on. I, I thought you guys broke up years ago. I thought you, there was a deep acrimony between the two of you. No, that's just we just did that for the VH1 special behind the buzz out loud. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, Molly and I have been secretly conducting a podcast of our own called It's a Thing for Years Now, and no one knew uh, except for the subscribers if it's a thing. Uh, but a lot of people are like, this is cool, but we liked Molly and Tom talking about tech news. Uh, so we decided let's actually get Molly Wood to commit to being on Daily Tech News Show once a month on a Friday because Fridays are fun. Uh, and she said, yes, uh, but I want people to prove they want it. <laughs> so we said, great, we'll get 4,000 patrons at Daily Tech News Show, 4,000 paid patrons. So if you are someone in our audience who's like, man, I do remember Tom and Molly before that acrimonious VH1 special. I'd love to hear them podcast again. Uh, and you're not already a patron of Daily Tech News Show, go sign up now. Get Molly back on Daily Tech News Show on a regular basis, patreon.com slash DTNS. Oh, you're close too, Tom. You're, I was you're about to say, to like, how close are we? Uh, yeah. what, like 400 or so people away? That's, just, that's pretty close. Just over 400. This is, I, I literally had this conversation with Bonnie about how many Patreons that I was subscribed to that, that I, I don't listen to regularly because, uh, because it's too frustrating for me to shout and try to yell at them and then realize I'm not on them. Uh, but, but let me, let me go ahead and be one of the 400. What would the you, website you, be one more time, Tom? That would be patreon.com slash DTNS. I mean, if Brian's going to do it. Yeah. Do it, do it. Brian does it. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. Front lines. The People's Choice Awards will take place next year on Sunday, February 18th. And uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is for the first time, they will stream live on Peacock. Uh, so you'll be able to watch the People's Choice Awards on NBC, over the air, on E, on cable, and on Peacock, all live. We, we've not gotten a lot of feedback on the question of, like, where are we at on awards? Because I personally am in the superposition of believing they're both very, very important to legitimize the platform, but also dumb as hell because it's people voting on themselves oh yeah um, no i i think the majority of our audience agrees with you on the dumb as hell part which is why we don't get people writing in but the fact of the matter is a lot of people watch award shows uh and uh so having them on streaming is kind of a significant step i think uh let's talk about our uh our dunk on it uh so i was gonna do something do you need to buy a vowel no, R S T L N E C. Our our game show person in chief. Ding 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 ding. She wasn't even there. That's right, Brian. Screwed it all up. Look, after forty-one seasons of hosting Wheel of Fortune, Pat Sajak announced that he's stepping down. His last episode that he will host will take place at the end of season forty-one in the spring of twenty twenty-four. Boy, I have lived an entire lifetime of never seeing Pat Sajak anything other than a cool guy. I'm sure someone out there has beef with him for something, but uh, uh, even even when his tell-all book came out, like the most salacious thing was, yeah, there was one time in the 80s that me and Vanna had a couple of margaritas. We were a little <laughs> bit sauced when we went back to work. That was like the most controversial thing I've read. <laughs> yeah, you're expecting like, oh, you had a couple of margaritas and... Oh, you went back to work. And then you went back to work and you could <laughs> okay. tell that your voice was slightly slurred. Okay. Huh. <laughs> uh, is it, it's telling, uh, I'm not even going to ask if it is telling, it's telling that I still think of Pat Sajak as one of the new game show hosts because he took over for Chuck Woolery on Wheel of Fortune. Uh, yeah, I, I, I always think of Chuck Woolery as the love connection guy. I forgot oh, yeah. that he did. For sure. Yeah. I forgot that he did Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, and he, he did, did Lingo. Like the first two seasons of Wheel and, of and, Fortune. And, and, and uh, uh, Chuck Woolery also did Scrabble. 
Lingo. Oh, yeah. He did. He did a bunch of them. Yeah. Lingo. Lingo. It was like bingo. It was Wordle. It was Wordle. Really? Oh, it was yeah. Wordle. Oh. Wordle Live. <laughs> uh, some of you may have forgotten that there is new Superman content being made on the regular right now. You don't have to wait for James Gunn. Watch the CW. Uh, and in fact, to our earlier conversation on cancellations, uh, CW renewed Superman and Lois for a 10 episode fourth season. It will, when it airs, <clears throat> be the last remaining DC show on the CW. Uh, and, and, and that's, that's all part of the new master plan from James Gunn, right? And, and, and no, no, the Superman and Lois is not part of the master plan. Sorry. The, it's the last the, legacy like, content before we get before, into. Yes yes yes, 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 yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, meanwhile, Max renewed the animated series Velma based on the Scooby-Doo character for a second season. Velma. The thing that Brian got most excited about the trailer for and the least excited when he read the reviews for. Mm. Did you ever watch it? Nope. No. Well, there you go. I read the reviews. Uh, and Amazon Prime Video showed a first look at thriller series Harlan Coben's Shelter, which is based on the book, and that will premiere on August 18th. Let's get to the dispatches from the front. Well, we got some catching up to do. So show of hands in the audience, uh, you just sitting at home or driving or walking your dog. Uh, how many of you listen to after talk? Oh. I listen to it cause I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Bryce, you, 100% you record, record it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I can't claim a hundred percent record <laughs> because two weeks ago I became physically ill and it. ran off set. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a better track record than I do, Bryce. Fair point. Fair point. I've not been on every episode of after talk, mm -hmm. but if you're a patron and you're not taking advantage of listening to after talk, then you may have missed the fact uh, that we talked about some pretty significant ideas for moving some stuff around, changing a few things. Brian, how would you explain? Well, yeah, uh, basically, we want to, um, uh, uh, some of you 10 years ago would remember that we had a show called Frame Rate, and that was just about discussing things. And we eventually figured out that there was kind of a cord killing aspect to it, or originally we called it cord cutting, but then we decided that it would be fun to embrace revolutionary uh, imagery and have this meta narrative of taking on big cable. And that's why every single segment is called the way it is. And Tom called me up out of nowhere saying, Brian, we did it. We have to clear, declare a victory. We killed all the cords. <laughs> and, and it's, I'm like, well, okay, well, it sounds like you're describing the end of the show. And, and Tom's like, well, I don't know. What did we do? And so, uh, I we talked about it and we're trying to figure out kind of a post-apocalyptic meta-narrative for this same show to cover the same subject matter. But what would it look like after there was an Armageddon? And that's what we talked about in the After Talk segment, and we got some feedback. Yes, so uh, James suggested Cord Killers Aftermath. That's pretty good. Cord Which Killers is Aftermath. Star Wars yeah. does that. Didn't they do Star Wars Aftermath, I think? Uh, uh, for the end of, yeah. Yeah, or, or, or yeah, uh, there's Aftermath or Rebirth or uh, Armageddon is kind of negative. Uh, I do like the idea of the same fist uh, uh, logo, but maybe kind of cracked and decayed, you know, in a, <laughs> in a post apocalyptic Put environment. Put on it and, you know, a CRT. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dennis suggested that uh, now is when the Confederation begins, pointing out that after the American Revolution in the United States in 1776, uh, there was the Confederation period because we had the Articles of Confederation before the U.S. Constitution. Uh, just an idea from Dennis. Dennis, no bad ideas in brainstorming. Let me just write down on the whiteboard, become Confederates. Okay, there we go. I'm <laughs> hmm. going to draw a little you know, now flag of what that would that look way, like. Brian, okay, all right. I'm, I'm noticing something about this name. <laughs> Which name? It has a big con right at the time, right at the beginning. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm still against it. <laughs> all right. Uh, Sean suggests it seems like you're walking right by the leftovers. Since the next couple of years are going to be a lot of consolidation, there will be a lot of where did all the services go? 
Uh, okay, I'm going to write down the words. Uh, let's see. Uh, 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 oh, who's the guy? Uh, Damon Lindelof. I'm going to write mm-hmm. that down. Okay, mm-hmm. no bad mm-hmm. ideas in brainstorming. Right. Okay. All right, okay. keep going. <laughs> uh, and then Andy, uh, Andy Beach. Hey, gents, 100% behind the streaming survivors chapter of the show. My brain immediately went to one of the sections being called Shiny and Chrome. <laughs> Kind of very, very Mad Max. Streaming I survivors. To witness you in this new era. Uh, ride forever, says Andy. Streaming survivors is inherently positive, but also conveys that you know you're surviving against what you know this this weird wasteland in, in a post cable mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Ah, I I kind of love this. Cordkillers at gmail.com or join us for after talk uh, and hit us up Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash cordkillers. Yeah. So, so theme ideas, uh, kind of subtitle ideas like cord killers aftermath or cord killer streaming survivors uh, and, and uh, ideas for, for segments of the show, like Andy did Those are all welcome. Uh, and then we have Alex in Dallas who said, I wanted to write in about the streaming service Dropout at $50 a year. I think I get my money's worth in about a month watching more content there than I ever did on Max or Netflix. The service is by some of the College Humor team and has shows ranging from the aforementioned Game Changer. A uh, a clip of the show uh, was included in the link. Uh, a comedy-like game show, as well as Dimension 20, a long-format D&D series, which I think we've mentioned on the show before. Mm-hmm. I think that while we're in the beginning stages of consolidation of the big streaming platforms, niche and inexpensive services like this one, Dropout, will end up thriving in the streaming market. I think Alex is 100% right. I think that we are beneficiaries of this uh, fractioning of everything, this balkanization. We have uh, small communities, increasingly small and precise. My my daughter can't be bothered to watch anything on national television, but boy, oh boy, will she end a uh, family vacation if it means not seeing her favorite uh, role-playing game tabletop sh- uh, series. So to be honest, like I'm here for it. I, I, I agree. Keep those ideas coming, cordkillers at gmail.com. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. And we are live on twitch.tv slash nightattack Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, Tom Merritt, what's going on? I'm just hanging out here watching this scroll go by. Uh, what are you doing? Trying to set up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons, all these wonderful names. I'm sorry, names. I'm too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, patreon.com slash cordkillers would be the place to go. I mean, they're, yeah. scra- they're, they're scratching our itch, like, because we're I think addicted. as long as it's consensual, like, we're, we're addicted to their money. And love. Might as well face it. Well, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>